goes also to Timothy 3, uh, verse 14 uh, to 17. Let me read that uh, as well. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. It's the day that you have made, so we rejoice and are glad in it. And we pray, Father, that this day we might all be refreshed and renewed by the power of your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, on a hot summer's day, like many of the days that we've had this past week, there is nothing more refreshing and physically renewing than an ice-cold ice cream cone. It just brings a smile to your face from the youngest to the oldest of us. And look, I know some of us are lactose intolerant, so feel free for this illustration to substitute sorbet, whatever your favourite flavour of sorbet is, instead of ice cream. But the principle is clear, isn't it? As soon as you take that first bite on a hot summer's day of that ice cream or sorbet, it just brings new life to your body. Today, we're going to be getting this new series called Summer Renewal. And when you think about ice cream and an ice cream cone or a sorbet cone, the principle behind it, despite all the complex flavours that you can have, the principle is very simple. Just a couple of scoops of delicious goodness in a simple cone and then you consume it. And we're going to be looking at some of the simple basics of Christian spirituality over the next few weeks. And although in many ways we can overcomplicate things, the principle is very simple. So if it's so simple, why are we looking at it uh, again this month? Why go back to the basics? Well, although we know the basics, and I guess if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you know, oh yeah, I'm meant to read the Bible, I'm meant to pray, I'm meant to, you know, reflect on my life and where it's heading, and I'm, I'm meant to take rest and have good balance in my life. I know those things, so why are we talking about them? Well, it's because they are so basic that we often just take them for granted and we forget to put them into practice. For example, as you think about Bible reading, uh, the Bible Society of Australia did some research a few years ago and they discovered from their surveys that 80% of Australian Christians admitted that they didn't read their Bibles regularly. 80%. I, I wonder if that's true for you as well. Maybe it is. And it's not a new problem. Ever since the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, humanity has always found listening to God's word challenging. The evil one has often tried to drive a wedge between our human experience and God's word, either distorting it, distracting us from it, or deceiving us from it. But despite our weaknesses when it comes to listening to God's word, 
it's been my experience and I'm sure it's been yours as well that actually when you do take the time to pause and to read God's word there is a deep joy to be found in it because God's word does something to you when you read it it changes you changes the way you see things changes the way you think about things it changes your life now if it does that how can we get back into a regular habit of reading God's word and discovering that joy well I think that first reading from Psalm 119 gives us a clue of how we can get back into reading God's word the psalmist says oh how I love your law or your word I meditate on it all day long so here is the psalmist saying I read God's word as much as I can and why do they read it what motivates them to read it it's because they love it and I think therein lies a clue for us if we long to get back into discovering the joy of God's word what will get us there it's a renewed love of the word of God is what will get us there so how do you love God's word well let me share with you some three theological principles about God's word today which I hope will stoke within your soul a love of God's word which will then result in you reading it let's have a look at these three theological truths they all come from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 the first is this and this is so profound that in the Bible God speaks to you personally and when you know that you will love it in the Bible God speaks to you personally have a look at verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, where Paul writes to Timothy reminding him all scripture is inspired by God now literally that that phrase inspired by God means breathed out by God as we speak yes our vocal cords are moving and producing sound and then our breath pushes those sounds out for people to hear and what this theological truth is saying is that in the Bible God breathes out his word God speaks through the pages of the Bible and the Bible is not just a record of what God has said in the past it is that but it's so much more than that in the Bible God continues to speak personally uh, to us in another part of the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 3 uh, the writer says this therefore as the Holy Spirit says today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness and the, the verses will go on and what the verse is doing there is quoting another psalm psalm 95 which begins today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts which was written hundreds of years before the writers of the hebrews quoted this verse but what i want you to notice is how the writers of the hebrews begins the quote he begins by saying therefore as the holy spirit says presently the writer didn't say as the holy spirit said in psalm 95 he writes as the holy spirit says today now to you through psalm 95 listen 
to God's voice. Later in Hebrews chapter 4, the writer will say, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Yes, the Holy Spirit said Psalm 95 in the past, but it is just as relevant to the Hebrew congregation in the early church, to them, God is speaking to them through this, and it's the same today. God continues to speak to us, not just through the Psalms, but through all the Scriptures, communicating to us personally. And I say personally because it says, today, if you hear his voice, you plurally, yes, you generally, yes, but you specifically as well. Are you ready to hear God's voice today? Now, our problem, I think, when it comes to reading the Bible, we forget that. That as you open the pages of, of a book in reality, it doesn't feel like this is the living voice of God speaking to us. And I think it's because in our materialistic culture, we're taught that what is real is what you can see, what you can feel, what you can touch. And when it comes to, I don't know about you, but my experience often of reading the Bible, if this is God's living word, I kind of expect some fireworks to happen as I read it. Maybe not some literal fireworks, but maybe a tingle down the spine or, or, or some kind of physical manifestation of the significance of what I'm reading. And sometimes we get that, don't we? But often we don't. And so we can get confused and think, is God really speaking to me through this book? book maybe i should be looking elsewhere for some experience of god well i want to encourage you this morning and remind you that god doesn't often use divine fireworks to communicate with us he can of course i'm not denying god's sovereignty or power or ability to do anything like that he can and praise god when he gives us those special experiences but that's not his often way of dealing with his people. God often just uses the ordinary, usual means to communicate his will and truth to us. Yes, he can do the miraculous, but often he just works through ordinary means. And you think about even the birth of the Messiah. He wasn't born in a posh palace, but a stinky stable. Yes, there were angels that sang his appearance, but they sang to shepherds and sheep and dogs. Jesus even chastised the crowds who were following him just because of his fireworks, if you like, because of the miracles that he could do. God often reveals himself just in the humble, ordinary, mundane things of life, like reading a book. And I wonder if you've lost that love of God's word because you've forgotten that glorious truth that even in this ordinary book, with ordinary typed words, in size 8 font, is the living word of God to you. If you stopped reading God's word, I wonder if it's because you've stopped living by faith and wanting to start living by sight. 
there will be a time in our Christian experience when we do all live by sight, when we see the Lord Jesus on that great day. But we're not there yet. At the moment, we live by faith, not by sight. Trust God's word, that when you open it, when you read it, God speaks to you personally. When you understand that, you'll have a love of God's word. The second truth that I think we can see from 2 Timothy 3 that will stoke your love for his word is that in the Bible, God speaks clearly to you. In the Bible, God speaks to you clearly. He doesn't hide himself, but he reveals himself clearly, even to the point that children can understand it. Did you notice in 2 Timothy 3, uh, in verse 14 to 15, we read, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, you know those who taught you, and you know that from when? Childhood, or infancy, literally is the word, that you have known the sacred scriptures. Timothy could understand the Bible from childhood, from being an infant. You don't need to be a more college graduate, or any, pick your favourite Bible college, to understand God's word. Even a child can understand it. Now, I don't exactly know what that looked like in Timothy's experience growing up. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we know that his mother uh, and his grandmother, uh, Eunice and Lois, that they taught him the scriptures. And I don't know what that looked like in their family home, whether uh, they gathered little Tim, uh, maybe it was before breakfast as he was you know, getting into his wheat bix that they would read some of the Psalms or the Old Testament stories of Israel together. I don't know whether they did it over dinner as Timothy was throwing his broccoli, like what happens in my house. I don't know if they did it after he brushed his teeth and before he went to bed. We don't know the specifics of how they taught him the scriptures from a young age, but they did. And Paul encourages Timothy to keep reading them because they believed that God's word was clear and could be understood and I think we live in a time now where we know the reality of this truth even more than Eunice and Lois and Timothy ever did because we live in the age of Colin Buchanan. My kids know the words of the Bible, John 14, 6, Isaiah 53, Psalm 119 because Colin has put the Bible to song and we can't get them out of our heads. I am the way. You've forgotten already. Okay. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him. See? You all know. You've all benefited from Colin's wonderful teaching. Uh, last year, I went on a trip with Colin Buchanan. Yes, I'm name-dropping. It's great. It's, I don't get an often a chance to rub shoulders with celebrities, uh, but I did, and my kids knew that I was going overseas with Colin. And then as we returned, uh, as we came out of the gates at the airport, you know, and you walk down that tunnel, and you see all your family there holding up their cards, welcome home. I saw my kids, and they had a great smile on their face. The first person they ran up to wasn't me. <laughs> was Colin, and they wanted Colin's autograph. In the Bible, God speaks clearly. Even children can understand it. And I think when we believe that, 
that will stoke in us a love of God's word. I don't need to have all these degrees to understand God's word. I can read it myself and God speaks to me clearly. Now, of course, there can be challenges in reading God's word, can't there? Some of it is complex and challenging, um, particularly if we're from different language backgrounds. Just having our English Bible will be challenging just in terms of translation process. But praise be to God, we live in an age where the Bible has been translated into so many different languages and so many different English versions as well that can help us in our reading of it. And even when it comes to teaching and instructing children, we don't need to read the King James Version to our kids anymore. Praise be to God. There are kids' Bibles and there are video clips and there's Veggie Tales and there's Colin B- There are so many wonderful resources that we have today that we can encourage uh, Bible reading in our homes. I don't know how Eunice and Lois did it all those years ago, rolling out the Hebrew scrolls. No doubt they found it hard, but they persevered in it. Uh, You don't need to roll out huge scrolls anymore. Uh, You can pull out YouTube. Uh, You can watch a Bible story in visual form uh, with your children or your grandchildren. In the Bible, God speaks clearly. Believe it and you'll love it. And lastly, but in the Bible, God speaks effectively. And by that I mean when you read it, as I said at the beginning of the talk, something happens. God is at work to change you. Uh, We see that at the end of 2 Timothy 3, uh, in verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, that is, useful. It does something. What does it do? For teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is useful It changes you. It changes the way you think. It changes the decisions that you make. A a nice illustration that I was taught from a young age is that the Bible is like God's map, or we don't use maps today. It's like God's GPS uh, for his people. God's word teaches us about the road of life. God's word rebukes us and corrects us when we start to wander off the road at the next exit turn right. God's word trains us so we know how to Go along the road of life. The Bible's not a reference book to bring out when you need answers. It is that, yes, but it's more than that. It's God's guidance for every day as you drive along the road of life. And I wonder if you've stopped reading the Bible or your Bible reading seems a little dull and lifeless because you haven't brought that attitude to reading God's Word. Maybe, a bit like me at times, you can read the Bible to tick that spiritual box, to pat yourself on the back, saying, I've done my deed for the day. But let me encourage you, rather than doing that, bring a different attitude to God's Word, going, I know this, this is God speaking to me personally and clearly, and He wants to do something as I read it. So pause and reflect. Ask questions like this. What is God saying to me today? What does God want me to to change in my thinking or my decisions or my life today? Where might he be rebuking me, correcting me, training me? Rather than just quickly reading, tick the box and move on in your day, take the time to reflect. What is God speaking to you? 
Where does he want to make an effective change? Through his word in your life. So there are three glorious truths, theological truths from 2 Timothy 3. That the Bible is not just an ordinary book. But in the Bible, God speaks to you personally, clearly and effectively. And when you remember that, you'll have a love of God's word. Now, how practically do you put this into, uh, into practice in your life? Because uh, it's one thing to know these things, it's another thing to put them into action, isn't it? Well, let me just share with you four practical tips to maybe restoke a desire and a love to read God's word. First practical tip, when it comes to Bible reading, be realistic. You know, when it comes to hearing a message like this today, you can be like, yes, I've been reminded of how good God's word is. I'm going to go home. I'm going to read the Bible every day for the rest of my life, hours and hours a day. I'm going to be the most knowledgeable Christian of God's word in all of history. And that desire lasts for a week, maybe a little bit more, and then starts to fizzle out. Uh, maybe I'm going to start at Genesis and just read through the entire thing. And then you get to Leviticus and you're like, okay, I'm done. Can I encourage you to be realistic? Start small if you need to start again. Just start with a verse a day. Maybe commit to a plan to read a book of the Bible a month this year. Set realistic goals for you because if you set such high goals, when you fail to meet them, you just feel horrible like you've failed God and you've failed yourself, set realistic goals and, uh, and move towards those. Begin to see the joy of reading God's Word and then you can set bigger goals uh, as you go forward uh, in life. And when it comes to your family devotional time, again, be a real realistic. If you find reading the Bible with your kids really challenging with the broccoli missiles and all that kind of stuff, rather than saying, kids, we're going to do this every day of the week, whether you like it or not, maybe set aside just two or three times initially in the week because you want your children to enjoy that time not just see it as we've got to tick the box before we can actually eat set aside maybe two or three times and just start realistically and then increase over time second practical tip plan it plan your bible reading link it with a habit that you do regularly i have my morning coffee every morning link your Bible reading with something that you do. If you have a regular morning routine, link your Bible reading with that. If you get the train to work each day of the week, link your Bible reading with that. If you have a particular evening routine in your house, again, link your Bible reading with that. So you associate something that you normally do with your Bible reading and so you can just build a regular habit uh, into your daily routine. Another great practical thing that you can do just to, I guess, structure Bible reading into your week is to join a discipleship group um, I need the help of other Christian and brothers and sisters, and I'm sure you do as well. And one great structure to enable that to happen is to commit to a group so you know that at least once, well, if you come to church, twice a week, you're going to be reading God's Word and be challenged by it. Plan it. Thirdly, vary it. Uh, I think I'm a product of our age where short-term memory is starting to be all that there is, and I get bored quite easily, and maybe you're like that as well. I need to vary my own Bible reading. I don't just read from Genesis to Revelation when I finish, I start again. 
Uh, I vary my Bible reading. Sometimes I just do the one verse a day. At the moment, I'm just reading through the Psalms and just meditating on one verse and just thinking about that one verse and what God is saying. And then at other times, I do commit to reading an entire book for a month. And then other times, I uh, go onto YouTube or I go onto uh, the YouVersion Bible app and follow other people's Bible reading plans. If that's good for you, vary it so that you have a, a renewed passion and love of God's Word. And then fourthly and finally, persevere in it. Persevere in it. When you stop, and maybe that's been you over the last little while, don't be overwhelmed with guilt and shame again. Just pray, confess it to God. God, you know I'm weak when it comes to this. You know that I'm often distracted, that the evil one deceives, distracts. Forgive me. And will God forgive you? Of course he will. If your trust is in Christ, he's paid for every sin, including the sin of not taking his word seriously. So just admit it to God. Find that forgiveness and start again. And then keep starting again every time. The problem is, is when we stop and we don't restart. That's when we start to feel spiritually dry and dry and dry. But if we just humble ourselves and just keep starting every time, there is a renewed joy and love to be found. In the Bible, God speaks personally, clearly and effectively. And we have in our day and age so many wonderful ways to read God's word. Can I encourage you to embrace it afresh as we begin a new year together. Let's pray. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Father, we pray that you might stoke in us that same love for your word. That we might see again how sweet it is. Sweeter than anything our world can offer us. As we look for renewal and refreshment in so many parts of our life, help us to start here, Father. To start with your word, your living and active, powerful, life-changing word. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks, Mike. I don't know about you, but I feel refreshed just hearing about uh, refreshment in God's Word. And uh, in the next couple of minutes before the band comes up to play, um, let me encourage you to just spend a moment or two thinking about um, some of the things that Mike encouraged us uh, to consider. How are we going to um, get back into reading God's Word or be refreshed in it? Even if you are a regular reader, maybe there's a um, maybe you just need a, a bit of spark added to it. Consider, if you're not in a discipleship group, maybe you'd like to join one. If that's the case, um, writing on your Engage card is a good way to indicate that um, to the staff. And when the discipleship groups start again, uh, when school goes back, um, you can be notified about that. You could sign up to a Bible app if you're a person who uses a phone. Um, if you need help with that, um, somebody will help you. I kind of know how to do it. Um, Maybe you want to be accountable to somebody else. So maybe ask a friend or a family member to read the Bible with you or to 